Folks, hello. This is uh, Zahi with Brandon Delvo, uh, talking about communication and higher education, but not talking about it from the perspective of the big institutions that have maybe tens or dozens of people working on it, but from the perspective of the one-man show covering in a geographic service area that is humongous between North Dakota and and Montana. Uh, Brandon, you're you're if you had a crystal ball and you were looking down the road toward the future, what do you think, what do you see as the directions of communication marketing uh, in the future? Uh, just give us, give us your Sorry. thoughts. Give us your, you don't have <laughs> to apologize, man. We're all members of the family. And for the record, uh, Brandon is, uh, his spouse is out for the week at the conference and he's taking care of children. And, and uh, we're appreciative that he was willing to give us some time. But give us your thoughts on on the future directions. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's it's a great question. We can go many different routes with uh, higher ed and and where we kind of see its future and, and and whatnot. And mind you, I mean, some of this is 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 you know some of my opinions that I just see from lived experience from. Um, just trends, you know, conversations I have with, with various people in many different industries. Um, and I really think that one of the biggest things we can do in today's age with, we've seen, you know, what, whatever political side of the spectrum you're on with, with media and how people perceive it, um, and where they consume it. Um, I think two big things are, um, being an honest broker. And I mean that by, you know, we, we get out, uh, or we communicate in a way that is concise that's clear and that is above all factual. Um, you know, getting the right information out to people. And if we make mistakes, you know, we correct those mistakes. We say, hey, here's a correction and we move forward from that. Um, I think having accountability um, in, in those regards um, shows that, that, you know, we are human too. Um, we're not just the institution. We are, we're people too at the end of the day. Um, we, own, we own our mistakes and we move forward with that. Um, and really with being an honest broker um, is um, kind of what I said before on where people are getting a lot of their, their, their news media. And I always like to say it is, it is a diet. Um, and that is also people are, you know, accessing a lot of their, their media um, and some of their communications from social media platforms. Mm -hmm. um, and an adage I used with um, when I was working over on the farm side of things was, you know, if you're consuming just a, a bunch of, media that is negative on a 24 seven basis. Um, it's a lot like eating junk food all day. You know, you're not going to feel really good at the end of the day about that. Um, and, and just being mindful of where you're getting that information. Um, and, you know, being a, that, that we're, we're a, a place of, of learning and higher education um, in a, in a smaller town. I mean, where we are, like I said earlier in a, in a, in a previous segment, you know, a staple of the community, we are a cornerstone, we're a foundation block, um, and really as a place of education, I mean, we owe it to um, students, parents, extended family members that we continue to be that honest broker um, where where I see things going with the economy and everything else. Um, it's it's you know, it's always hard to say. I mean, the, 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 the trends economically have been up and down, up and down again. Um, and there's a lot of factors that play into some of that. Um, where higher ed, I think, plays into it with our economy up here is if we can get uh, folks trained, if we can get them either, you know, whatever direction they want to go with a certificate, um, with their two-year degree, 
give them those building blocks to, um, you know, uh, either transfer to another school or we have some great partnerships with some of our four-year schools um, in, in many different fields where they essentially can go to school here. They can finish their bachelor's degree here. And really that intent is to go to school here. Um, maybe you meet somebody, you, you raise a family here, you know, and you settle down here. Um, that way we're keeping people. But I mean, even on our workforce side, I mean, keeping those folks going in for uh, CDL training, for uh, crane training, for oil field training, and then really, um, you know, adapting to trends. Uh, you know, our workforce training division, Train and D, has been looking at a lot of UAS technology. Um, UAS technology and drone technology is going to open up a lot of doors in a lot of different fields. Um, I know it's done it me as a history major and a history guy. They're using drones to map old battlefields. Um, you know, you, you can see where old fighting positions were. It might open up a door on a tactic in a battle that maybe hadn't been uh, discussed before or open up new uh, new things in that field. So, um, but we, we have to continue really as an institution, and mind you, this is my own opinion, to adjust to some of those trends. Um, like I said earlier, it, it's an employee's market right now. Some of that is from the pandemic. Um, and we really have to address, you know, some needs from, from uh, maybe uh, kind of that first grouping of kids. You know, we've seen this first uh, grouping that were freshmen when the pandemic started, you know, they're, they're either in their senior year or they've already been out for one year. Um, they, they went through school during that and trends have changed where a lot of those uh, students or prospective students, they, they want to get right out of high school and they want to get right into the workforce, but they also want to get that skilled certificate at the same time. Um, looking at ways that we can help do that. Um, I, I hear things promoted locally of um, some of the, the agriculture implements in town. You can get a student to enroll through um, a school all the way across the country and get, you can start working in the shop, getting benefits and everything while you're pursuing that degree. Um, you know, finding ways to adjust and look at the needs of, of some of those students and maybe what they want. Um, mind you, I'm just a marketing director. I know you deal more with, uh, with, with curriculum and different things like that, but um, it's ways to, you know, we stay, we got to stay competitive and adjust to the trends of what's going on around us at the same time. Well, it, what you said makes a lot of sense because I, uh, and I, uh, and I agree with uh, something you didn't say, but I think you described, which is, Communication is not a one-way street where we're telling people uh, what to do, when to come to us, what classes to take, but we're also bringing in information uh, like being scouts, uh, you know, and, uh, reconnoiting and understanding the, the lay of the land and what people need. I cannot agree more with you. So you talked in the, at the, toward the end of the previous segment about uh, the, the, the impact of the word of mouth. And you gave the example of the two farmers, you know, parking their trucks, uh, you know, and talking with one another in a world that is where everybody thinks about communication and marketing as solely driven by electronic tools. Tell us a little bit about what you think the future of the word of mouth that honest brokering, that accountability, that building the trust with the community and getting the person through the door, how do you see them blended in the future? 
Yeah. So this is kind of one of my more favorite parts of any conversation I like to have with whether it's a group of people on kind of this subject um, is that word of mouth is important. And I say that where, you know, I've told staff and faculty, even at Williston State College, that I can put out the best uh, printed piece on a program. I can put out the best radio ad in the world. Um, I can put out the best Facebook post. But at the end of the day, them as a faculty member reminding, you know, they could be at a holiday gathering and here they 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 hear that's you know a kid of somebody they know is going to another school and you know they go hey have they ever considered this here's the benefits of maybe going to Williston State with our scholarships um, you know they're the being a brand ambassador at that point and I, I try to remind some of some of our folks on campus that I mean you know to use a kind of a worst case scenario if you were to go downtown and get in trouble and have your mugshot taken and you're wearing this I mean it's probably not going to reflect so well. Um, on the PR side. But, you know, if you're wearing this, you're setting an example in the community. We're being an honest broker. We're engaging with the community. And that staff and those staff and faculty are, you know, having those conversations just with people they know um, on a more personal and intimate level than just what I put out in just communications. That might go a long way because that's just another layer of trust that those people might have that, oh, you know, I know Professor so-and-so and they recommended maybe my, my, uh, high school senior should come here. Um, that goes a long, long way and personal word of mouth being, you know, mindful of, you know, the, the place you work. Um, and it could be any place that, you know, backing the brand, but at the same time, helping to spread that word of mouth and talk about, uh, the school. I mean, I sit and talk with friends of mine out in Montana about what I'm doing and the importance of it. I talked with my parents about it. Um, my mom worked in higher ed for one point in time in the registrar's office and um, has really been out of the game for a while. But, you know, I, I've told her about the advantages of, of you know, what students can have up here and how lucrative it is. And she's like, you know, I, I didn't know about that. Well, that's just an example. But, you know, that can work with a, a professor, you know, on our campus having a conversation with a neighbor. I think it's I think it's very, very valuable uh, beyond just the technology at the end of the day, really. I mean, if we're having those conversations with our friends and our neighbors, that goes a long, long way. Uh, one day I irritated the counterpart of yours in a different part of the country when I said that each student and each employee, uh, because they communicate with way more people than a billboard, each one is like, ooh, more than 100 billboards and the person was took it personal because they thought that I was dissing what they're doing and in reality no in reality what i was with my uh renowned lack of tact and and uh and ability to communicate effectively i was trying to say exactly what you said you know okay um, yep so here you go uh, that's why we have you right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not me i mean Every place is different. Um, and that even really goes in the state of North Dakota. Um, I mean, I always say, you know, the United States is made up of, you know, culturally, you know, maybe 11, 12 plus major little melting pots. North Dakota is a lot of the same way. I mean, of some of our, our makeup and, and Williston has definitely become more diverse due to the, ener the energy industry and everything, which has been really great for us. 
Um, but really the, the marketing of, you know, Bismarck State College um, down in the south central part of our state and our capital um, is going to be different a little bit. Um, their cultural makeup maybe of their student body is obviously a little different. Um, Wapaton, way down on the on the southeast part of our state over by right on the Minnesota border with Breckenridge, Minnesota. Different, different aspect of, you know, makeup and student culture. Um, and it's, it's like I said in a previous segment, you know, a lot of our students beyond some of our, our, our athletes and some of our full-time type traditional students, some of our other students, they're, they're coming in for a diesel tech class once in a while, or they're going into uh, Professor Stenberg's history class or Katie Winkie's psychology class, and then they're going home and feeding cows. Um, or they're, you know, they're got to hop in a truck and maybe go haul gravel for a couple hours or something. So um, I like to say we have, we have a lot of grit and determination out in this part of the country that really hasn't changed in over a hundred years. Um, and, and I do like that, that, that diverse makeup that we have of our students um, because I, I think it, it, it creates um, a rich culture for us and, and it just enriches our story even more. Right. Right. Well, folks, this week we were talking with Brendan Delvo about the communication, how he does it uh, in rural America and serving a very large uh, geographic area. Yes, a lot of it is sparsely populated, but it doesn't mean that they don't have educational needs. It doesn't mean that we in two-year uh, colleges don't have a duty to help them uh, stay rooted, but also grow in their ability to be economically viable and competitive. Brandon, thank you for taking the time uh, to talk to us, to educate me personally. I, I cannot thank you enough. That was a wonderful opportunity. And folks, we'll see you next time here. Maybe, maybe Mr. Chris will be back. This is Let's Talk Ed. Ring that bell. Come back uh, for uh, for our shows, but also you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. 